This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Maureen McGrath here hosting the show for you. Live, as I do every Sunday evening, from the gorgeous studios at CKNW here in downtown Vancouver. Uh, if, this, if this is your first time listening to the sex show, wow, I've been on for five years. Where have you been? Uh, no, and five years now, uh, which is uh, amazing, really, to talk about sex for five years solid and really never repeat the same thing twice. I try not to. Uh, I maybe just spin it in a different way. You know, we media types. No, um, and spinning it is good, too. And don't forget, I do have a little prize to give out called the Air Tech Twist. It is, uh, it does, um, provides gentle waves for you. You can imagine what it does. So the first guy to call me in, call me and tell me what this thing does wins the prize. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so you can guess what it is. I'll give you some hints. Let's see. It's cylindrical. That would be a hint. Um, so give me a call 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Don't be shy to call in. You're the ones who have been telling me that I always give away female sex toys. Well, this is one for the guys. So take it for the team, guys. And Matt, you're looking at me a little... uh... (laughs) Matt, you know I'll just give you whatever ones you want. So just let me know. (laughs) All wholesale, all wholesale. Don't you worry. (laughs) Uh, So let me know what you think that is. So on this part of the program, we're going to be talking about blood flow, one of my favorite subjects. Because why? because that will improve your sex life. So we're going to be talking about that. I'm also going to be reviewing some of the fabulous comments that you've sent me, the ones that I can actually repeat, the ones I didn't have to report on my TED Talk, and also some of your emails around sexless marriage. I'm a bit of an expert on the sexless marriage. Uh, It's something that I see a lot in my clinical practice. It's one of those secrets and shameful Things a lot of couples live with. Um, I had a woman in my clinical practice this week. She was uh, had been in a sexless marriage for a long time, for a number of years. And she actually said sex was her exercise. She was married for like 30 years, and she she was very much into, (laughs) very much into exercising, but her husband wasn't. And that was a problem. So we're going to be talking about exercise because fortunately, Dr. John Weisler is in the studio with me and he's a cardiologist and expert on exercise. And so we're going to be talking about that. But first I have Mark on the line and he's going to guess the gift. Hello, Mark. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Okay. Thank you. Good. What do you think I'm giving out? It gives a man pleasure. That's (laughs) That's <laughs> let's hope, but what is it? <laughs> eh. I know I could tell you right now. I, it, it, it makes a man go off. <laughs> well, what doesn't? That's not what it is. Sorry. Eh. <laughs> no, I'm tough. No, we'll have another caller. But thanks so much, Mark, for the call. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. So, uh, 
I'm also going to be talking about what makes you look more gorgeous than you already are and some internal struggles that men seem to have. But first and foremost, it's my honor, as always, to have Dr. John Weisler, cardiologist to the stars as well, or the sports stars in this town, join me in the studio to talk about exercise. Welcome to the studio once again, Dr. Weisler. Thank you very much, Maureen. Great to be here. Thanks well, for having me. It's always great to have you and have uh, the expert in on this particular subject, uh, exercise and how it relates to a better sex life. And there's been lots of research studies out there recently about how exercise helps. And in particular, when your foot hits the ground, it sends a certain pressure wave through your body that helps to increase blood flow. What's that about? Yeah, this was a fascinating study. You know, we, we, for all we know in science um, about the benefits of exercise for sex and for everything else, we're always learning more. So this study that um, I think was published maybe a month ago, uh, looked at the blood flow to the brain, and the researchers assessed it by using uh, ultrasounds of the carotid arteries. And so they were able to show that when your foot strikes the ground, when you're walking or when you're running, and it hits the ground, it actually causes a like a, a wave of pressure the other way. You know, we think of blood pressure, there's a, a high pressure when our heart squeezes and a low pressure when our heart relaxes. Um, and then there's, there's, it has to flow from the heart to the rest of our body. So when you are walking or running, in addition to what your heart does, there's this added impulse from your feet just striking the ground, and it sends this like hydraulic pressure wave of blood flow up to your head. And and in this in this study, they're able to show that by doing that, you actually improve blood flow to the brain. So you augment the normal blood flow to the brain. The brain gets more nutrients, gets more oxygen, and can improve how active your brain is. So some people might view walking as boring mm-hmm. and and not beneficial. So, so this hydraulic pressure, it comes from down low, way yeah, down low, way, not, down low. They, way further than down low. <laughs> yep. and, and so does it sort of just help that pumping action going back to, to return that venous return Pre- pretty to the much. heart? Well, it's, it's both venous and it's arterial too, like the, the arterial blood flow from, uh, you know, your, your arteries are kind of a tree throughout your body. It starts from your heart and it spreads out. And uh, the pressure wave from your foot striking the ground actually goes through the arteries as well as the veins to improve blood flow to your heart because you want the arterial blood with lots of oxygen to get up to your brain if possible. Interesting. So getting out there and walking, and we certainly do yeah. that a lot here in Vancouver. I certainly do that. Um, I, I wonder, I, I suppose hiking, up, I hiked up Black Mountain today up to I, White Lake. I mean, I always tell my patients, especially my patients that want to exercise, exercise, but don't know how, but that walking is the simplest, the most basic. And in a lot of ways, it's the best form of exercise. If you don't do anything else, it's, you know, you need to do it for a lot of activities or you can work it into your daily activities. You know, most of us can, can, can do it and it has huge benefits. And it's not the same as the the steps you take around the house, like you're counting it on those um, pedometers. Like you hear people say, I've taken 18,000 steps today, but they haven't left the office or they haven't left the home. Yeah. So fitness trackers are kind of, they're better than nothing. I think they can play a role just to get people moving. Mm -hmm. But really, when you want to get the benefits of walking, you want to be walking for at least 10 minutes and preferably a little more, 15 to 20 with your heart rate elevated uh, and and sustain that activity. And it gives, it causes... um, in addition to the pressure waves, it causes um, physical changes in your arteries. They relax. You know, the, the arteries in your body change where the blood goes and to improve in, improve flow to the brain and other vital organs as well. And it makes you smarter. And it might make, make it us as smart as you. There's a couple. Well, uh, thank you. Very kind, you know. But uh, there are a couple interesting studies on this same topic, walk, walking in people with dementia. We've actually known for years that if you have patients with 
Alzheimer's dementia, which is the most common type of dementia, um, that it can actually improve your, your memory and improve your cognition. So you have to be able to walk safely. So you don't want people with dementia getting lost. But right. if you account for that, the physical activity helps. There's new research out of UBC that showed the same for vascular dementia. Vascular dementia is the second most common type of dementia. It's because you have little arteries to your brain that get plugged up from high blood pressure or years of diabetes and so forth. They're able to show um, with a six-month program of walking in people with dementia that they improved um, on, on tests of concentration and memory as well. So it does have a ton of benefits. That's fantastic. Get out there and walk. Okay, I have uh, Harry on the line. Harry? Yes. How are you? Well, not too bad, but I'll tell you, I got a bit of a problem. I mean, I, I exercise regularly and all that, and, you know, even though I'm the age that I am, I still work out at a gym. But I'll tell you the problem that I have. It <laughs> may sound kind of strange, but... Uh, I have it. I have a problem getting erections, and I've had problems getting erections for a few years already, and the whole thing is, you know, I've been on on uh, Viagra, and I use a testosterone gel, and my doctor just switched me over to Cialis, and also having a testosterone injection uh, every two weeks. Okay. How old are you? Did you tell us your age? I'll be 65 uh, on June 19th. Happy birthday coming up there. Thanks, if we could yeah. just get you an erection, I bet that would be a great party. Um, Dr. Weisler? Yeah, so, I mean, thanks for your call. It's a, it's a great question that you bring up, and you, you do a great job trying to stay active. Going to the gym and working out is, is fantastic. Erectile dysfunction is, is worth, you know, having that evaluated by your physician or, or medical practitioner, um, the causes of why you might be having uh, erectile dysfunction, especially when you're otherwise trying to be so healthy, there's a number of them. You have to consider, you know, physical causes as well. We we have this saying that the the penis is the window to the heart or something, uh, something in medicine, because um, to get an erection, you have to have good function of little arteries and arterials uh, down to your penis. The same size arteries, um, you know, affect your heart. So, you should have a review by your by your by your family practitioner, your primary care provider, for things like your risk factors, high blood pressure, cholesterol, and a whole host of other causes. And, and one thing I wanted to say is that um, I just want to make sure that you're psychologically aroused because that's very important when using Viagra. You need to be psychologically aroused. You are on testosterone replacement, and it needs to be Viagra works best, or or any of the PDE five inhibitors work best in a testosterone rich environment. So the exercise is the the best way to for you to. Increase increase that testosterone, but just make sure that you're just not loving the one you're with, that you're in love with the one you're with, and that you're... Would it be, say, like, um, would I have to be concentrating on on a particular person, you know, or or persons, you know, the way I see them and all that? Because, I mean, you know, at the gym, I see all kinds of women wearing all kinds of attire, you know, and... I I don't know what the world is coming to. Well, you know, the whole thing is, but I mean... It's, years ago, you know, I'd had no no problem getting erections, you know, when I ever I'd see that. But now, you know, that could be the age factor, too, for me. It certainly could be. Um, but I think that psychological arousal is important when you're... Having an erection is most important when you're with somebody that you care about and that you uh, want to uh, be intimate with. So, uh, But it's going to be a little more difficult at the age of 65 in the gym to... Uh, get aroused when you're looking at everybody scantily clad out there, just to <laughs> irritate you, I'm sure. <laughs> well, I mean, to tell you the truth, maybe I shouldn't say it, but, you know, 
the more I see women dressed that way, the more, uh, you know, I like it. <laughs> wow, that's so unusual for a guy. I've never heard that before. Oh, true. I that's do. amazing. I do feel that way. <laughs> well, listen, Harry, thank you so much for your call, and I wish you the best of luck. So make sure you're with the right person and uh, go and see your doctor. Oh, yeah, I see him every two weeks. Excellent. We have Ian on the line, and then I have to go to break. Ian, you wanted to guess. What have I got? Uh, I think it's a hand job simulator. Oh, that's close enough, would you say? I mean, I wanted somebody to say it's a high-tech masturbation sleeve, but I don't think I'm going to get that. I can't be that picky. Okay, you win, Ian. Cool. <laughs> All right, great. You can leave your details with Matt, and uh, he'll let you know how to pick up this baby. It might just vibrate over, twist on over to your house. Who knows? You know? <laughs> Anyway, Dr. Weisler, great segment as usual. Outstanding information. Thank you so much. Walking is the best um, for you. Yeah, and how would people, you've set up a clinic over in North Vancouver, just a block from my clinic? Yeah, we have a a great practice. Um, There's five cardiologists in there. We're called the North Shore Heart Center. We have more information on my website at jvcardio, so J-V-C-A-R-D-I-O, dot com and uh, and uh, uh, thanks for having me on the show and and it's uh, I just want to say the point that that caller brought up I, I'm glad that he made the call in because it's a common question for men and mm-hmm. it's important to look at both the psychological and physical components and oh, thanks ab- for having me absolutely my pleasure and uh, one of the cardiologists in your office is speaking at the Zilli Health that's right conference um, my, my partner uh, Dr Annie Chu who's a, a great speaker she's going to speak on uh, well, preventative uh, cardiac care in, in women, and uh, I'm sure she'll do a fantastic job. And, you know, Miriam, you've got a, a fantastic lineup of speakers, so I think it'll be a great time. Lots of great information, and you need to know the symptoms. You know, I was swimming at today, and I was way out, and I was by myself. And uh, I thought, oh, good Lord, if something happened to me out here. But, you know, uh, if I had some cardiac symptoms, God forbid, I would... Uh, you know, so you ha- so it's it's uh, you're better armed That's with right. information, That's right? right? You, so you got to remember that the symptoms in women they can be the typical chest pain, they can be different. You know, you can be That's fooled, right. uh, nausea, sweating, and uh, shortness of breath, exactly. and a whole bunch of other ones, and fatigue, and that'll lead to low sex drive. I am That's Maureen right. McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for all your calls this evening and your questions. My number to call if you have a question is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. If you want to get instant gratification, you can call me, ask the question on the air, help a lot of people, don't be shy. Or if you are far too shy about your problem and a lot of problems, uh, people want to remain anonymous or um, ensure confidentiality and privacy. Of course, it is always insured with me. Um, but you can call me directly, 604-449-8459, if you want to get in touch with me, and a lot of people do. You go to my website, backtothebedroom.ca. has information. There's a contact form on there, as well as that phone number that I just gave you. Um, so you can give me a call. Somebody called me last week, and he said, uh, I don't know if you uh, how long it'll take for you to get back to me, but, you know, if I don't hear back from you in a few days, I'll call you again. And I called him back in about 10 minutes. I'm like, you know, he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so surprised you called me back. I'm like, I get her done, okay? <laughs> uh, that's how I uh, am productive in life. I just do it, and then it's over with. I don't procrastinate. It's just not my nature to procrastinate. But uh, But this particular person... I did recommend that he go to his doctor first to talk about uh, 
his issue, which quite frankly has escaped me at the moment. So there you go. I'm going to maintain confidentiality because I can't even remember what you tell me half the time. I do have Sean on the line, and Sean has a question that I hope I can answer. Hello, Sean. Hi, Sean. Hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Um, quick question I have is, like, I've been married for about six years, and I seem to have a problem of getting my wife to find that big O in our relationship is not happening. I mean, there's a lot of, like, a lot of issues with, like, weight issues with me and I'm trying to work out, and it's a lot of, like, disappointments when it comes to that. You're sort of cutting out a bit. Is it that you want to have more sex than your wife wants to have? Yeah. And is it the fact that my weight's an issue? That your weight is an issue? Yeah. She's told you. She's told you your weight is an issue. Yeah. Yeah. um, And I haven't been able to have her have an orgasm since we got married. Okay. So there's a few issues there. Uh, Yeah. Were you able to, was she able to experience an orgasm? And I like to use the correct lingo, um, with all due respect. Sure. It's not you making her have an orgasm, it's her experiencing an orgasm. Was she able to experience an orgasm prior to the marriage? No. She wasn't. Okay, so that's a separate issue. Um, And it's generally called primary anorgasmia. I don't mean to diagnose over the radio, over the airwaves without actually seeing the patient, but that's a common condition. Um, It it, uh, requires some education. If she's told you that you're overweight, you need to listen to that. I know that's hard to hear. Yeah, no, I'm I'm getting taken care of. Really, like, not taken care of. Like, I'm going through, like, a process of, like, specific operation really soon. Okay. Which will help me in that direction and like I'm sure that will. And so living healthily is really important. I can talk yeah, a little bit about primary or anorgasmia. We're going to go to the break right now into the news, but uh hang on the line. Stay sure. listening in other words and I'll and I'll talk about that when I return. Okay? Do I hang up or do You I don't have to hang up. Just listen to the show and I'll cover that when I get back. Okay? Sure. All right. Thanks so much Sean for your call. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. Thank you for being here with me this evening on this program, the Sunday Night Sex Show, where we talk about sex and health and body and relationships and and even orgasms. Uh, And uh, before the break, if you're just joining me now, before the break, Sean phoned in and uh, said that he's had difficulty getting his wife to experience an orgasm. Well, Uh, women experience their own orgasms. Yes, women are sexual beings who have sexual desire and needs and deserve the same pleasure in the act of sex as any man does. Uh, And men have seemingly enjoyed this for centuries, but for women, sex has been associated with having babies uh, and pretty much having babies. And so a lot of women have have a lot of shame around sex, around um, being vulnerable, around experiencing orgasm. And so there are several different types of anorgasmia, primary, secondary, and situational, to name a few. And primary is a woman has never been able to experience an orgasm. And secondary is a woman has been able to or is able, has been able to and is no longer able to, something changes, and situational, it can uh, happen in certain situations, but not in others. So during self-stimulation, she may be able to experience an orgasm, but uh, during intercourse, she may not to be. 
So there are a number of possible causes for anorgasmia, but they are inconclusive and don't describe the problem adequately. So there's, um, I believe, sex education is, or lack thereof, is one of the biggest contributing factors to women not experiencing orgasm. There's also strong religious upbringing. There's also weakened pubococcygeus muscles, so weakened pelvic floor muscles, a history of sexual abuse, impotence or premature ejaculation in the male partner, also high levels of anxiety associated with sex or that inability to be vulnerable, to be in the moment, to be enjoying sex. Uh, There's not really been one factor that can significantly contribute to this problem more than the other, but anorgasmia is typically a complex combination of a number of these contributing factors. So the counseling, and and definitely um, it's a woman's right to receive counseling for anorgasmia, and there are many healthcare providers who treat women with anorgasmia, and uh, the most likely to go to is your gynecologist, actually. That may be the first person. You can certainly speak to your doctor. If your doctor uh, is comfortable in this area, if your general practitioner is comfortable speaking and and treating uh, women with anorgasmia, uh, one thing we found in my clinical practice is that, and, and, uh, and I say this with all seriousness, and I know I've fooled around in the past uh, about this. Uh, I've joked around about the womanizer, but I, a lot of women who have never experienced orgasm experience orgasm with the womanizer. So it's a, that's a clitoral suckling device, and uh, it's applied straight to the clitoris, and many women often after years or a lifetime of being unable to experience orgasm are able to do so. You need to have a healthy vagina in order to experience orgasm within due time. If you have vaginal dryness or decreased estrogen receptors in the vagina, that may take additional time. Um, Comfort with orgasm, increased body awareness is also helpful. That uh, mindfulness between the genitalia, being in the moment, um, and experiencing orgasm. Some women are not comfortable experiencing orgasm, uh, and they may not be as comfortable experiencing orgasm or achieving it with a partner. Um, Also, um, I wanted to say I've lost my train of thought, but uh, it was was quite important. Um, But you have to consider all of the variables that contribute to the problem. And And so if uh, Sean, who had phoned in, said that he actually had a weight problem. And so if someone is not attracted to the person that they're lying next to, that's a problem. They're not going to experience an orgasm with that person. So that could be a secondary or situational type of of anorgasmia. And I don't like to diagnose over over the airwaves uh, once again. Um, But many women... Uh, about 10 to 40 percent will have difficulty experiencing orgasm. 70 percent of women require clitoral stimulation in order to experience orgasm, and only 30 percent are able to experience orgasm internally. Um, but 80 to 90 percent, um, the success rate for treatment of primary organ, primary anorgasmia is 80 to 90 percent, and upwards of 75 percent for treatment of secondary anorgasmia. So it is worth. Uh, with treatment rates like that, it is worth seeking help. 
uh, seeking the treatment. It will be very, very beneficial for you. Um, so there's sounds like six years of marriage. It's been a while. Ha- hasn't had an, an orgasm. It may be time to seek some help. And the first place to start can be your physician if you're comfortable in that regard. There's also sex therapists that you can go and see. You can come and see me in my clinical practice. You can email me a little bit more detail if you like, and I can respond that way and give you a little bit more uh, insight into that. Thank you so much, Sean, for that, and good luck. Uh, Sean was on a journey to lose the weight. So good luck with that, uh, Sean. It's um, maybe very beneficial in terms of a healthier life for you and more intimacy in your marriage. Um, as I've mentioned a thousand times before, I have I did a TED Talk. <laughs> have I mentioned that before? Anyway, <laughs> I was hoping for a million views, and I never dreamed that it would get 3.6 million views. But the golden, did you, Matt, did you think it would? No, I mean, <laughs> it's not even been up a year yet. I, I mean, a million is impressive, but I'm blown away that in the month I was gone, it seemed a double. It actually went up by a million since April. Yes, but I'm not watching it or anything. Um, but anyway. Uh, but the best part of the TED Talk has been the emails the, and the messages that I've received. I have to say that. Like, I have received thousands of messages. I've been requested to speak, you know, a lot in Louisiana. I've actually had three requests three requests to speak in Louisiana, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and Shreveport. So we'll see if any of those come to fruition. We're trying to or, uh, get those organized. But... Um, so the, it, it's what the people have given me that has been uh, the, the greatest gift of that TEDx talk. Even when they said, you know, she's rocking back and forth. Even when they have offended me or insulted me, it's like, oh, well, it's fine. You know, whatever. Um, Teflon skin here, putting on my wetsuit. Uh, but I got one of the... Um, emails that I got that reminded me of Sean's situation. Somebody wrote, who marries for sex anyway? Never been married, was in a few longer relationships, expecting great sex with the same person for the next 50 years is crazy. Marriage was never about sex and excitement at all. It's about kids, family, working and paying bills. Our generation has been brainwashed with Hollywood propaganda, love forever, mind-blowing sex, easy life. Reality is a bit different. People should not get married if sex is high on their list. So that's one of the uh, comments on there. And then uh, there was another one that uh, a lot of people... Oh, this is the reason that I think a lot of people have... have watched it. I mean, I'm a realist, okay? I, I, have, no, uh, I have no ideas of grandiosity here. Uh, so this, this guy writes, like, and I, I don't know if I can use this term, begins with a J, J-O. Anyway, like most of you here, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll replace the word. Like most of you, I came here thinking I could masturbate to this video. I mean, it's right in the title. Then I thought she's probably just going to rail against porn for half an hour as the cause for all of society's ills. But I realized after watching the whole thing, she knows what's up, and it's a good, informative video. Watch it. So probably a lot of people, okay, that was a little intentional. When I say I make no innuendos, that's at the beginning of the show, of every show, that's like totally not true. Um, but the, na- the title of the TED Talk with masturbation right in there. Of course, that's going to lure people in. Um, But I had another interesting um, question. I did mention that guys have low sexual desire as well. That happens for a number of reasons, or guys don't want to have sex with their female partners or their same-sex partners. But um, I'm, I'm really taken away by how many women have emailed me and have told me that 
their husbands don't want to have sex with them and how hurtful it has been. And I had this one email from this uh, woman. She happens to be a lawyer. She's from the East Coast. She said, I just watched one of your TED presentations and I need help. I'm in a sexless marriage and I don't know what to do anymore. We've tried marriage counseling and there are a lot of underlying unresolved issues that center around poor communication and what our counselor termed as borderline emotional abuse towards me. We have a two-year-old son, but these issues started prior to him being born. And one issue that was revealed in counseling is that my husband feels like I gave him an ultimatum about having kids. In the last three and a half years, we've had sex three times. I'm going insane. I've not cheated on him and I won't. I feel awful about myself. I have given up on any physical contact because if I initiate anything, even simple things like me reaching for his hand or giving him a hug or God forbid trying to give him a kiss, he pulls away and the negative reactions have made me so self-conscious, have taken away my self-esteem and have overall made me feel completely and entirely alone. I don't know what to do anymore. How do you know when enough is enough and you need to leave the marriage? Pretty compelling, pretty profound, um, and, and pretty sad they have a young, a young child. So this is, a, this is actually a very serious issue, but just that I have to fool around in order to uh, get people's attention on it. But uh, anyway, and I get emails like that all the time, every day, and it's gotten to the point where I can't actually respond as quickly as I would like to. I hope you're responding better. I am Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. I am Maureen McGrath. Thank you for being here with me this evening. We're talking about lots of different subjects, important subjects for your health, for your self, self-esteem, self for your sexual self-esteem, and um, for your masculinity. And that's not always easy. You know, uh, women always think that men have it all going on. They have the upper hand and they have uh, all the self-confidence and all the sexual self-esteem. And, and that's not necessarily true. And that is evidenced by a new campaign that has been put out by, as part of AXES, the, the body uh, perfume company, the men's cologne, um, can tell an axe guy coming down the road when he's sprayed it all over himself at the age of 16. Um, but the their new uh, theme for this is, is it okay for guys? Because they realize that guys privately struggle with masculinity. There are so many societal norms and mores placed upon guys like for example, men have to take care of women, and that can be overwhelming for guys. That can put a lot of pressure on men. I see a lot of men in my clinical practice in uh, 40s age group, and they have a few kids. They're not having uh, good sex in their relationship, if they're having any sex at all. And uh, the marriage is just what I said, The if you were listening earlier, what that TED Talk viewer wrote in that marriage is about paying bills and raising kids and fixing houses and mowing lawns and uh, and there's really little intimacy after you walk down that aisle and and that's the problem I'm trying to change that as is the axe campaign so this internal struggle that guys have and we just need to get that out there that guys have it and it's okay but they don't necessarily talk to their buddies about it or, or even talk to their physicians about it because it's associated with shame but the internal struggle can can contribute to bullying, violence, and even suicide. We have four times as many men who die by suicide than women, yet more women are diagnosed with depression. So there's a, 
um, a big discrepancy there. And so we, re- we um, you know, we really want to be mindful of that. And uh, it's good for guys to have a mentor, to have a, a confidant, to have a good friend, because we want to break the cycle of toxic masculinity. And that's what it's known as. And so we need to provide guys with resources to... Um, Resources to be able to share their feelings, to be able to uh, learn that they're not the only one that is experiencing these um, these issues. Um, and when when guys hurt, you know everybody hurts because guys are not socialized on how to express their anger. Um, guys have a tendency to self medicate a little bit more than women, although women do equally, but for different reasons. Um, so we need to, to address the underlying cultural issues and, and some of these restrictive definitions of uh, what it means to be a man, especially in this world. And, you know, we have a lot of boys and adolescents and, and men, you know, with the video games and addicted to porn and with the digital addiction. So they're self-medicating and we need to teach men to process their feelings, need to teach men that it's okay to have the feelings that they have and, um, you know, to help to break that cycle that uh, of toxicity. So, and so that they can then be better fathers and better providers and, and better people all, all in all, and they won't take their um, anger, their suppressed anger, out on their colleagues or their partners or their children. Um, so, you know, there's um, lots to think about. And uh, if you have a particular internal male struggle, by all means, you know, email me. I'm happy to uh, talk to you about that a little bit more, but uh, know that you're likely not alone. Uh, and we'll, I'm going to be carrying on this theme next week. We don't have a lot of time left in the program. I did want to mention that there um, was a research study uh, that yoga may help men who have ex- who are experiencing the side effects of radiation therapy from prostate cancer. So there was a uh, study out of the University of Pennsylvania, the Perelman School of Medicine, um, and they, there, it wasn't the largest group of, of uh, men. It was 50 men with localized prostate cancer who participated in this study. All of them one, underwent external beam radiation therapy for six to nine weeks. And during this time, 22 men attended yoga classes twi- twice a week, and 28 men did not. The men in the yoga group practiced a particular type of yoga. It was Eshin's type of yoga, which focuses more on energy than anything else. And the 75-minute sessions included a variety of poses and sitting, standing and reclining positions. Props were used. I'm interested now. Uh, Poses uh, were modified as needed. But um, all of the men completed questionnaires, as they do in studies. That's a typical research study tool. Um, But the questionnaires assess their levels of fatigue, sexual function, urinary function, and quality of life. And the men all had the same level of fatigue at the start of the study, but the men who were in the yoga classes reported uh, the fatigue uh, was not nearly as bad. Uh, And it's typically expected to increase by about the fourth or fifth week in a typical radiation treatment course, but it didn't happen in the yoga group. And also the men uh, had better sexual function and less urinary problems. So that's something to consider. I mean, just try it. You you probably don't, you could maybe run it by your doctor, but you know what? Just try, hey, I'm going to be having radiation therapy for my prostate cancer. Why don't I try uh, sign up for some yoga classes and see how that works. But it's that particular type of yoga. It's 
Eschens, E-I-S-C-H-E-N-S. So, so take a look at that. Things might be better. Um, and you may not experience some of the, um, some of the side effects, which are very common with radiation therapy. And I just wanted to mention a few things, especially with summer here and um, how to look more gorgeous than you already do. And this is according to science. Uh, You want to keep your chin up. People who have their chin up, uh, upward, uh, actually, it helps to define your jawline and it creates a slimming effect. And also it gives you the sense that you're more, gives other people the sense that you're more confident. And consider wearing sunglasses. I've been doing this for a long time. I'm always on the hunt for a giant pair of sunglasses. (laughs) Cover the face. Um, But the eyes are the window to the soul. And there's something oddly attractive about them being hidden from us. So wearing sunglasses is alluring. We are curious beings. We want to know what's hiding behind those sunglasses. Also, smile. That's the one of the greatest things. You always would much rather look at somebody who's smiling. They're more inviting. They're, you're, you know, it's easier to talk to them. Uh, you also want to boost your adrenaline levels. So when you're considering going on a date, do some exercise. It's a great place, great time with the good weather that we're having, which apparently is going to end after tomorrow. But it's a natural aphrodisiac. It'll help to calm your nerves, help to, you to present your best self to the person as well. Also, show your feminine side, show your masculine side. That's also helpful as well. Can't believe the sex show is over. Matt, thanks for all your help tonight in fielding all those phone calls. Appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to uh, go to zillyhealth.com to look up uh, tickets for the for the talk next week. I'll be talking about sex for life. Go to my website, Back to the Bedroom. It's all there. When you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. I am Maureen McGrath, and you have been listening to the Sunday Night Sex Show on News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.